Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography, and I'm so excited to have you guys here. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So I'm super pumped for this week's episode because we're chatting with Kinsey Roberts from She Creates Business Podcast, and we chat all about, and we ask the question, will your market bear another wedding photographer? It's such a great show, and I know you guys are really going to learn so many amazing tips from Kinsey. So a little bit about her is that she is a wedding venue owner, educator, and a podcast host. Uh, Her podcast is called She Creates Business. If you guys don't listen to it, you totally should. It's amazing. Um, It's a podcast for wedding pros, and she co-hosts one of her newest projects called The Venue Podcast. When she's not knee-deep in the wedding world, you can find Kinsey spending time with her husband and two boys on their family ranch in Colorado. So this is such a great show. I know you guys are going to love it, and I can't wait for you to hop right in. But before we start, I have a few announcements. The first one is I was hoping you guys could help me out. One of my biggest goals for 2020 is to receive 20 five-star reviews on Apple podcast platform and I need your help. We're almost there. We've got about 15 and I would love for you to leave me a review after this show to help us meet our goals. Goals. So do you think you guys can help me out today? I'd really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to visit our website at www.tvjanae.com where you can read our latest blog posts, join our newsletter, and our super fun Facebook group. So get ready, you guys. Grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited that you guys are here. We have a wonderful guest today. Kinsey, can you say hello to everyone? Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Janae. Yeah, I'm so excited. I love your podcast, and I'm thrilled that you're on mine. So thank you so much. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll go on to that. But before we begin, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that opportunity. I am Kinsey Roberts. I'm the host of She Creates Business, a podcast for wedding pros, which is a podcast for women entrepreneurs in the wedding industry that I started almost four years ago now. And I started that because at that time in 2016, I was at the very beginning of my journey of building a wedding venue on my husband's family ranch with my sister-in-law. Her name is Katie. So we are wedding venue owners. Our wedding venue is called Vista View Events at Open Heart Ranch. And we've been operating that. uh, Well, we've been in the thick of starting the business since the very beginning of 2016, but officially opened in 2017. And that's what I do in the industry. And I came to that because my husband and I were moving back to his family ranch full time. And I was leaving my corporate marketing job. So my background for the last 10 years has been in corporate marketing and working in, you know, boutique marketing agencies. So in addition to being a wedding vendor myself and a podcaster, I'm also a marketing strategist for wedding professionals. And that's really where I came to the industry 
from, uh, Katie and I said, you know, we need, there needs to be a venue in our area. And that's kind of how we got started. And that marketing and business background is what I really brought to the table. Um, the venue itself was Katie's idea initially. And here we are today. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's so cool. Oh, so you've been podcasting for four years. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tea with Janae is uh, two years old. So it goes by pretty right. fast. Yeah, it does. It goes by so <laughs> fast. It's interesting. I know we say it every year, but every year I think, wow, I cannot believe it has been another year. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's so great that you opened your own venue and you've got a marketing background. So you, you're like on top of it. <laughs> It feels that way. Sometimes it feels that way, you know, and other times I feel like, wow, do I know anything? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Well, I'm super excited for today's episode because we've got such a good topic and I think it's very timely now. So, for, you know, let's dive right in. Everyone okay. who is thinking about being becoming a wedding photographer, you know, what do you think about the overall markets? You know, you know, can we handle another one? Yeah, that's a good question. And the answer is Yes, I think we can handle another one. And the answer really for each person listening lies in a local and regional market survey or wherever you want to operate your business. Because as we know, the wedding industry is so transient. So when I tell you local or regional market survey, if you're someone who lives in town A, but you actually know that there's a really great destination wedding population just an hour and a half from you in town B, and that's where you want to be shooting, then that would actually be the town that you would do a market survey in. So when we look at the wedding, the photography industry as a whole, it might feel really saturated. And the reason for that is because you and I, you know, Janae and everyone listening, we are knee deep right. in the industry. Yeah. We only talk to other other vendors. We only see other vendors work. That's really where we spend a lot of our life. And so when we look out, we think, wow, there are so many wedding photographers, it must be saturated. But what I find with my clients, and people that I help with their marketing, they have never taken the step, even if they're five or 10 years in business, they've never taken the step to do those local or regional market surveys, aside from seeing what their competitors are charging, which isn't good data to gather and make decisions on alone. And so they don't have that collective knowledge of whether or not their market is saturated for the specific service that they want to offer. So holistically, yes, it might feel like, oh my gosh, everyone's a photographer, everyone's a photography educator. But the reality is you're not serving those other photographers or those other photography educators. You might eventually, and you would still have to find your UVP, which we'll talk about, but what you, who you're serving are couples, or maybe you're a portrait photographer, or maybe you're, um, you know, a sports event photographer. It doesn't really, you don't have to be a wedding photographer, right? Um, so that's who you really need to think about. And I can't, I'm a wedding venue owner. So I see all of our couples almost, you know, 98% before other vendors do. And every single couple always tells me, do you have a vendor recommendation guide? I have nowhere to start. So that tells me instantly that our market is not saturated. And even if it is, there's plenty of room to become the best marketer you can be. And I'll tell you about that later. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the answer is no, I don't think collectively the industry is saturated. But the true answer lies in you guys doing the legwork and your due diligence and doing those local and regional regional market surveys, because that's what's going to tell you yes or no officially, so that you can make a really good educated decision. Yeah, I love this. This is such a new um thought process for me. I'm like, really? You don't think it's saturated? Because I, mm -hmm. I feel like, oh my gosh, it's so saturated. 
but I love, yeah, I'm excited. How do we do these market uh, surveys? Like, how do we, how do you get started with that? Yeah. So there's a couple of, uh, I'll give you a few resources that I love to use. Um, but first things first is you want to ask, you want to fi- ask and find the answers to a few very basic questions. And then I'm going to tell you how to use the information from those questions. So when you look at your area or, and it's important, I want to say it again, because I don't want you to just sit in your house and think, okay, well, this area is saturated or this area is Um, you know, there's no one here getting married, you have to think about where you want to operate your business. So for example, in our local market, I live in a very rural area, but 70% of my couples come from Denver, which is three hours away. It's the capital of Colorado. And so where do you think I market my business over in Northern Colorado where Denver is, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where I want you guys to be thinking, make sure that that's first step, first things first, make sure you're doing these surveys in the area that you actually want to operate your business. And that, that, you know, a second point I'll make to that. I'm sorry, I keep getting off on tangents because I, but I think they're important. No, I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, good. The, the secondary to that is just remember that if you are thinking, oh, I don't want to travel because I just want to stay in my local area and I want to work from home and I don't want to have to drive, well, then you need to, you need to understand that you've made that choice. And so now your options are more limited. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, if, for me, if you're in my rural area, your options are limited and that's okay. I'm not saying you can't create a business, but you'd be more limited as opposed to somebody who does live in Denver or Dallas, Fort Worth or Phoenix um, or Boston. You know what I mean? Right. So those are all really um, strategic decisions you have to make, or maybe it's, yeah, I do want to operate my business an hour and a half away. Maybe I want to go to a bigger city. Maybe I want to go to those tourist destination towns in my, in my state for the first two to five years. And then at that point, I will make a decision to kind of, you know, scale back, hire more photographers to work with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So these are all kind of decisions to just be thinking about. And here's a, here's the great news. You, as being an entrepreneur, being a small business owner, we have the privilege of having such flexibility and being able to be nimble in our businesses. So I know I just threw a lot out out at you, but you don't have to decide all of that. You don't have to set all of those goals in stone today. Those are just things to be thinking about. So let's circle back and talk about how to actually perform a market survey. So first things first, I'm going to give you a couple of resources, and then I'm going to talk to you about those questions that you should be asking yourself and and, and getting the answers to in order to have that collective data set that you can actually mine clues from as to whether or not you should be, you should start a photography business. And then we'll talk about ways to start a photography business that you could actually cut through the noise and make it your living. Um, The first resource I want to give you guys is a report called Splendid Insights. Um, This is not a free report. It's a paid report. But if you want to start a business, then you need to be able to sink a little bit of money into it. Um, I think that it is a disservice when people say you can start a business with nothing but a $29 website and a camera. Um, that's true. You can, but it's going to be really challenging for you to grow, to make this your living. So I'd like to give you that resource. Think Splendid. Again, Think Splendid provides regional marketing reports that they've already done for you in the entire, um, United States. So you can pick the region that you operate in, whether it be the North, the Southeast, the Northwest, the West, 
um, kind of mid states like me, um, they consider Colorado the West on, on Splendid Insights. But it, I feel like they, and, and they've been doing it for a long time. Leanne, who's the founder of that company, is an incredible wedding strategist. She's been doing this for over 20 years. And um, she has a lot of background and training in buyer psychology. And so I would love to see you guys grab that report because it's such good insight for what your couples are doing, what, how are people getting engaged? How much money are they spending? How are they planning their wedding specifically in your area, in your region? Now, you may not see it as Rifle, Colorado. That's where I live. It's a very small town. You're not going to see, you know, Rifle, Colorado on there, but you are going to get a really good sense of what your couples are doing. So that's resource number one. Resource number two, and this one is free, is of course, the Knot and Wedding Wire. They're the same company now. They always put out free information regarding the, they do it every single year. They survey all of our all of the couples on their platforms <clears throat> and they put out this market survey data to tell you again you know either st both statewide and countrywide and you know again these are not going to be your local local hyper local market where you actually want to operate your business and I'll but I'll tell you about that in a second but these are still good reports because you need a holistic picture of the industry before you can really dive deeper into your area. Yeah, I have, and I have, the other, I have a quick oh, interjection about the knot yeah. because I, I find that the knot is always less uh, than what people actually spend, especially in urban cities. Like for New York City, it's always wrong. Like I just feel like they the the the, the, the people that they cater to at the knot have smaller budgets versus like a more higher end bride, a higher budget. So I, I always feel like whatever they say, especially for like New York is, is not correct because they say, Oh, photography is like $3,500. And it's like, well, you know, how much is, what's the budget for that wedding? So I feel like there's always a little bit of data missing. So people, especially for, for me and for wedding photographers are like, Oh, well the knot said you should be this much. It's like, well, how much is that bride actually spending? Cause if she's spending $40,000, yeah, maybe that makes sense. But if we're in the 100 to 250, you know, 500K wedding range, like there's no way they're spending $3,500 on, on a photographer. Right. But remember that I said we're gathering collective data from more than one okay. place. So we're not looking at the knot and saying, oh, they said $3,500 for my state. So now that's what I'm going to charge. So I mentioned earlier that even when you get pricing from your competitor, that's not a data point for how you should price your business. It's actually a data point just to know what the median average is in your local market. And the same is true when you look at data points. So if I wanted to give you just the knot, I would say, yeah, just look at the knot and go by that. But that's not what we're okay. saying. So think so. Splendid Insights is one. The knot is another place to gather data. And then of course, right, we're going to go in to dig deeper actually into our local market where we want to operate our business, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll just make another point about that. The other thing to, re to remember is that no, that may not be indicative of luxury weddings, but here is some information for you. If you're just starting your business, you're not in luxury weddings. You don't have the skill set for right. that. Um, and so you may actually find that you are charging less than other luxury wedding photographers who have 15 years of experience and a fine art degree. Um, that it matters. It really, it matters. You guys, your experience matters. We can all look professional and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be charging what you're worth as long as you know what that means for you, but also recognize that if you feel like some sort of average is lower, again, going back to what I originally said, that's not a data set. That's not a data point for you to actually price your business, but 
do understand that your experience is directly tied to how much you are charging. And it's not even just your experience, you know, maybe like, I'll go, let's, let's talk about having a fine art degree. If you're someone who's a film photographer, but you have a fine art degree and you have an amazing eye for design and everyone in your market doesn't, then yeah, you could charge a little bit more, even though you're getting started because your experience is collective in your lifetime. Correct. You don't have to say, oh, I just started a photography business, but I've been, you know, I don't know, maybe you've been a, an, an art curator and an amateur photographer for 15 years or 10 years or all of your life. Uh, don't negate that collective experience. You weren't just born yesterday. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's so true. And thank you for explaining that a little bit more. Um, I think mm -hmm. someone like myself who has been in the business for 10 years, I look at this a little differently, but for our listeners who are just starting, this is excellent advice for them because, you know, I think it's, what does they say? Don't compare your middle to somebody else's beginning or something like that or ending when you, exactly. you know, like if you look at someone, you know, for me, I look at people who've been doing this 20 years and they charge so much money and then people like myself and then people below. And I feel like you have to charge, yeah, your skill set, your level, how you know, your experience is really a factor and also your, your marketplace and your, and I love that that you're giving us resources to figure that all out. It's so, so helpful. Thank you so much. I'm excited. You're welcome. Yeah. And that's a, I'm glad that you are someone that we can look to for, that has, you know, over a decade of experience, because that will matter when we talk about how we use this data based on where we're at in our business. And so, um, okay. So there's the two resources for, so look at the knot, look at uh, Splendid Insights. I love that report. And there's another company. How much is that report? Just for people listening. Do you know? Uh, one ninety nine. Okay. I oh, think. good. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like $600. It's um, a couple hundred bucks, sometimes less. They used to put out really hyper regional reports, but I think what they did is kind of pare that down. Um, and then now they just offer regional reports, you know, and they like group states together. Okay. So that's something to, yep. And then they do like a whole, you can even do other countries, which is important if you're a destination photographer. So anyway, um, so in addition to kind of those two collective places, here's why I gave you those. Of course, the Knot and Wedding Wire, they have a huge collective data set. So we cannot, regardless of how we feel about their couples or if they're lower end or what have you, which may be your market, right? right? Like that's, I mean, my market is not, I don't, I don't look to New York City to understand what my market is doing. I live in a rural area. Um, we're only an hour and a half from Aspen, but New York City has no bearing on how I operate my business. And so everyone's market is different. And so when we look at national averages, even by state, um, it's, it can be deceiving, which is why we're going to do these really local and regional reports. And here's what you guys, here's the information that I want you to gather locally and regionally. And yes, you can get it from the reports that I just mentioned. Um, but a lot of times, especially if you want to make really good decisions about your own business, you're just going to have to do the legwork and really put your ear to the ground and really, you know, shop people who are doing this in your industry. And I'll talk to you about that in just a second, but you need to know how many couples are getting engaged and married in your area, in the area you want to operate your business. How many people are getting engaged? How many people are getting married? There's a lot of places aside from Splendid Insights and the Knot and Wedding Wire to find that. So just do, do some Google searches, ask your local vendors. I mean, all of this collective data can help you. Again, we're not just basing our decision on, oh, I had a conversation with three other photographers at my local WIPA meeting. And so that's the end all be all <laughs> of information. Um, don't, don't get into that trap. I know we all do. 
Um, what's the average income in your area? Listen, what is the average income in the area you want to operate your business? Not the average amount people are spending on weddings, which is my next question, but what's the average income? Listen, if you live somewhere like I do, where the average income is, I don't know, it's like $63,000 for a two person household or like where there's two adults in the household. I mean, that's a lot different than um, the average income in San Francisco. Right. That's a lot different than the average income in Boston and in New York. And why do I look at that? Because it matters when we see, when we look at the percentage that people are spending on photographers, on venues, when you look at kind of those budget breakdowns. And that's what Janae was talking about with the not. It's like, oh my gosh, their budget, their percentage breakdown says that they spend $3,500 on a photographer. That's ridiculous. And I agree, um, especially if you're in an area, which is why you have to in an area that charges more that has a higher median income level. And that's why you need to know this information is super easy to find on Google. Yeah, I love this. This is so helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay, So let's say that you're, you know, you're ready, you're passionate, you, you've done your research, and, and you want to jump in, you know, how do you how do you mm -hmm. get past the noise? How do you get past the noise of what other photographers are creating? Okay, so there's four ways. The first way is you have to have, and I mentioned this, a UVP, which is a unique value proposition, or what is your, what are you offering that other people are not offering? How do you even find that? What even is that, right? right. If you're just starting your photography business right. and here's how you can find that out. Um, going back, I'll just tell you one more thing that you can do, that you should do in your market survey. What are you good at? What are you great at? What are you terrible at? And how can you differentiate your business? And here's, here's a pro tip for you guys. And, and then this ties directly into what your unique, unique value proposition is. One of the mistakes that I see my clients making is that they want to come up with something that is so unique and so interesting. And they think literally no one else, I've never, ever seen anyone else doing this. This is my unique value proposition. And it's actually a mistake. And here's why, because there's no proof of concept. Mm -hmm. It's okay. If there's, you don't want to be so unique and so off the wall that instead of selling your business and booking clients, you find yourself explaining your business model because people don't understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So that is when we talk about your unique value proposition um, and how you're differentiating yourself, this can be something as simple as adding a service that other photographers in your market are not currently offering. Hear, hear me out. So if you're, if you're just getting started and you want to cut through the noise and you have surveyed your market and all 20 to 25 photographers in your area whom you respect, whom you uh, have similar styles with are offering digital photography and that's all. They do digital photography and they offer the same as everybody else, which is like an album, digital prints. You know, they all have their own packages. They're all different price points based on how many hours that they'll work at your wedding, essentially. Um, what can you offer that's going to differentiate yourself? And maybe something as simple as this. Why don't you also include photo booth rental? Mm -hmm. That sounds like, oh, that seems like cheesy and cheap. But is it? We need to start. What, what does your client want? That's the, that's the question. Right. What are your couples looking for? Are they looking for a full photo and video experience, including, you know, drone footage, including photography? The, the more I, the deeper I'm in the industry, the more I serve our style of couples. And again, this may be different for you guys. It depends on your couples, but they're looking for someone to guide them through this process and they want to make it as convenient for themselves as possible. Yeah. I love that. And so when, and when I find vendors 
who are incredible at what they do. They get back to my clients super fast and they offer more than one service. And so it feels like an all-inclusive experience for my couple with that vendor. Let's talk about photographer. We're talking about photographers. Then that's who I'm referring as a venue. So again, it, your unique value proposition, the way you differentiate yourself in your market could be as simple as offering something that no other photographer is offering. If everyone is offering the same thing, that is a good indicator that you need to dig deep and figure out if you want to cut through the noise, what can you actually offer? What can you sustain? That's extremely important. And how can you message that to your couples as a value added? Because here's a challenge that you might meet. If every photographer in your market is offering generally the same thing, then your couples have come to expect that that's all they need. So you need to work on your messaging when you figure out your differentiation, when you figure out your UVP, and how does it add value to your couple's lives. And when it comes to wedding couples, and I think this is across the board, when it comes to couples, this is the first time they're doing this, even if it isn't, they still have no idea what's going on because only you and I are the ones who've been in, only you and I are obsessed with the industry, right? right? We're yeah. the only ones who know, yeah. right? You know, we're the only ones who know all of this information. And so um, they don't, they have no idea what's going on. And so anytime you can make a bride's or a couple's life easier, anytime you can come to them with something that's going to add value to their wedding, add a fun element, and it's not going to be, it's an easy yes that is when you know you have something, especially if your competitors are not offering it. So the second way you can move through the noise is to take those questions that I told you to ask in your own market survey, combined with what you have found in your regional marketing reports, charge appropriately for your market, your business expenses, and what you actually need to live, especially if you're just getting started. Many people do not do this math. You guys, math is awesome because it has an answer. I love that. <laughs> math is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, and I don't even like math, yeah. you know? I'm a writer, I'm a podcast, like, but math is fantastic because it has an actual answer. So I, I get frustrated a little bit in our industry when there's this messaging like, charge what you're worth and blah, blah, blah. Well, nobody knows what that means, especially at the beginning. And listen to me, you have got to get experience under your belt before you're worth anything. Right. I don't mean you're human, you're worth as a human being, you're amazing. But I do like, let's all just build, stop being so precious about our businesses. If you don't have any experience, if you then don't come out of the gate trying to charge my clients $10,000. Right. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm, I'm just your mama bear. Like, I want to protect you because you're not going to sell anything. Right. Um, so do this math. What's being charged in your market? What kind of business expenses do you have? And what do you actually need to pay your bills and make a profit? Love it. If you can start there, you will actually, you're not going to feel that stress of people who are like, oh, I'm just going to dive right in. I have nothing saved from my full-time job. I'm going to dive right in. I think I'll just undercut everyone and charge a thousand dollars. Guess what? You're not going to last because you can't even pay your mortgage. Right. Right. Yeah. That's such great advice. I love this. Yeah. So good. Uh, number three is, is this, and you know, I had to get here, you guys, because I am a marketing strategist, but uh, you have to be the best. You have got to be the best marketer wins every single time. And here's why, because you're the only one in front of everybody. Right. The best, and I don't, I'll go toe to toe with anyone who doesn't agree with that. The best marketer wins. And here's especially, and only if you have the service and the systems to back it up, even crappy products and crappy services can get a ton of business and before people pull back the curtain and say, oh, this actually isn't that good, but it can take some time to get there. Right. Yeah. So imagine if you are the best marketer 
and you have the service and the systems in your business to serve your clients well, to back it up. That's what's going to grow your business. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I love this. I just actually had my first in-person mar- uh, workshop, which was all about marketing for wedding, pho- spe- yes. specifically for wedding photographers because- Oh, yeah, sister. Yeah, no, because I feel like people just drop the ball on this. So they say, oh, I yes. don't have time for Instagram. Oh, I don't have time for Pinterest. Oh, I don't have time to submit. And I'm like, well, then you don't have time for your business because- Yeah, get out if of here. No one, if no one knows that you're in business- how are you going to get business? And that's what I, what I teach. It's like, you have to be on Instagram every day. You have to be pinning your own work. You have to be submitting your work to get featured. So people see you in more than one place. You know, we all have heard the saying that you need to be seen now. I think it's nine times for people to actually remember you. So it's like, how are you going to do that? And you have to actually, when you run a small business, you really have to become a, a great marketer to market yourself because no one else is going to do it unless you hire a PR firm, you know, like you, you need, you need to do it. I love that. It's, I that's a hundred percent agree. That's all. Yeah. I, you and I are totally on the same page with that. If you don't have time for that, you're not a business owner and bye-bye, like get out of here and go get a job. And that's not a razz on anyone. That's just us saying, listen to me. If no one knows you exist, just guess what? No one knows you exist in business. You can spend time, money, or both. Those are your three options and you can spend time on your marketing because that's all you have to get started. And that's all a lot of us have. Like, let's, let's be real. You can spend money. If you want to do paid ads, if you want to do paid social, if you want to hire a PR agency, like Janae mentioned, if you want to hire a professional marketer or you can spend time and money, right? Those are your only three options. So if you don't have money and if you don't want to hire anyone, it's on you to spend the time and to create a strategy around your business to promote it because good business or good marketing leads to good sales and good sales leads to great clients and great clients leads to referrals, which leads to more business. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh my God. If we could do a high five right now, I give you a high five. Oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> hugging you. I'm hugging you right now. Oh, I love it. It's so important. I think people, you know, complain that, you know, they don't, they're not getting the increase that they want and they're not getting the clients that they want or nobody's booking them. And I'm like, well, what are you doing to serve your business to let people know that you're in business? And this is exactly what I coach my coaching clients about because I have, you know, a couple, a couple people in there like, well, I'm going to get this and my website. I'm like, girl, if you don't have a website, how are we going to market? You know, you have no place to go back to, like, you have to get your home bases ready for your marketing, like you have to start somewhere. You have to put in the time. I love that. It's, it's you guys listening. You have to put in the time because no one else is going to do it for you unless you That's have right. the money to pay someone. And the thing, exactly. Yeah. And the thing I also want to point out is that once you figure it out, like Instagram is free, right? Unless you want to do paid ads. Pinterest is free unless you want to do paid ads. You know, like all those things you can do. YouTube is free. Like there's so many outlets that that creative businesses can use to market themselves for free. But like you said, you've got to put in the time to do it. Yes, there has never, you know, it's, and I'm sure you hear this too, Janae, with your clients. And I get, I, I, I understand because we all get there. But one of the things that I am just overhearing from every person is that, oh, I'm so sick of social media. I want to detox. I hate Instagram. I hate Facebook. I hate the algorithms. And I'm just like, you know, I think that we are all taking the actual platform a little too seriously. And when you look back in history, listen, you guys, there has never been a more democratized way to advertise your business at any moment in the history of the world mm-hmm. ever yeah. for free. All of these places are free. So let's, if we could all just collectively say, okay, I'm, I am going to take 
social media and content platforms like this podcast, like YouTube, like um, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, I'm going to just take them for what they are, which is a free way to advertise my business. And I'm going to just, you know, I'm just going to let it roll over my shoulder what they are not. No, they are not incredible when it comes to algorithms, but there has never been a more democratized way to advertise your business, to start a business, to become an entrepreneur than there is right now. So take it for what it's worth, accept the good, let the bad roll off your shoulder and don't focus on their algorithms. You can't do anything about it. It's out of your control, but there's a lot of stuff that's great about them. Yeah. And Janae mentioned yeah, that. I, I 100% yeah. agree. And actually the thing yeah. about the algorithm is that it's there to help you if you if you have good content so if you guys create good content more people will see it so i that's what i just i harp on that so much but it's like you you know if you have crappy content if you just put a picture out there with no caption no no passion no nothing yeah no one no one's going to care about it but if you start creating content that you're passionate about if you're educating if you're telling people why you what your i'm going to say uvp is and all this stuff like people will connect to it and I think it's really good to point out that you should just make content because you want to, you want to make your content and not worry about the likes and, and all that stuff. And they're even getting, my likes actually just went away this morning. So I don't even see it anymore. So I don't even care. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I make it for my bride. I make it for my couple. And That's I, right. yeah, I don't make it for anybody else. So what, That's so right. what are your three best tips for, you know, pieces of advice to really help our listeners who, who to make the leap? Or maybe they realize after that they've done this research, they figured out maybe this isn't for me, you know, maybe it's not the best time. Like, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. So what's my advice for people who've made the leap and they don't think it's the best time yeah. to run their business? Yeah. yeah. So a couple of things for you. If you are still extremely passionate about photography, but you've realized, oh, shoot, I have this photography business now. This isn't a great time for me. Here are a few options for you if you are in this space where you don't want to run your business anymore. There's a few options. So if you're still passionate and you know that you want to run your own business someday, but you've realized that this leap is not for you, why don't you see if you can get onto somebody else's team as a second shooter? And when you do that, be extremely upfront with them about, I had my own business. I would, I would prefer to operate with someone else. I'm happy to sign a non-compete for two years, but do know that my eventual goal, once I feel like I'm ready is to have my own photography business. Would you be willing to help me? Can I come on with you? Can I serve? How can I serve your business? Find someone to be a second shooter with, you know, if you're someone who's made the leap and you're like, oof, I have a lot to learn. Find someone who has a lot of experience. You're serving them by coming into their business and actually being valuable because you know how to second shoot. You know how to run a camera. You know what a wedding is. You that There's a lot of value in just understanding the difference between a wedding client and the operation of a wedding versus, you know, being a photographer for anything else, you know, portraits and things of that nature. Right. And so that's one option for you. Second option is this. And, and again, I know that there's been so much messaging, especially in the last four years, but luckily I think the pendulum is kind of swinging back, but there's been so much, there's so much messaging, like quit your full-time job and be a full-time entrepreneur and be a full-time photographer. And listen, if that is not a reality for you, that is okay. Mm -hmm. There is so much value in being fulfilled both financially and creatively. So if you need to go find a full-time job that fulfills you financially from an insurance perspective, you guys, these are all just human basic needs. 
And then you can also, you can pare back your weddings instead of trying to book 30 weddings. Maybe you book six or 10 really solid weddings and you can charge a little bit more for them. And now you have this extra money and maybe you divert that to something else. Maybe you're saving it to when you can go full time. Maybe you're diverting it to this amazing financial goal that you have. Now you can actually tell that money where to go instead of just using it for your daily basic needs because you were just getting by because you took the leap too soon. There is like, I always say, ain't no shame in that game. Yes. If you need to have a full-time job, good on you. Go get one. Even if you don't need one, if you want one, <laughs> if you want one, there is nothing to say that that, oh, what? You're not a full-time entrepreneur. Mm, I guess you're not one. That's not true. No, I'm not sure. I think, you know, the the people, the side hustle, you know, like that's, that's yes. yeah, I think the side hustle is totally cool. And there's nothing. I love the side yeah, hustle. There's nothing wrong with being a barista during the day and a photographer at night, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, but you can have your dual lives, but you know, look, I mean, Starbucks gives good health insurance. They give you opportunities for school and, and you only have to work there part-time to get exactly. it. Exactly. So I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not a terrible idea. And especially if you're really passionate and you guys are listening and you're like, I really want to be a wedding photographer. And I, you know, I've been there too. Like I, when I left my corporate job, I had my husband to, to lean on for a year. And he said, if you don't make it, you know, you don't start booking a lot, you're going to have to get a part-time job. And that's what I did. I went back the second year. I worked part-time at a camera store, luckily. And I got, I got all my gear. And when I had a full season booked, I quit. And it, you know, it took me three years to be full-time. So there's no shame in, in accepting that. And I think it's actually really smart. Like, why would you go into debt financial debt or burden, you know, when you don't have to. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? There's no, there's literally no reason to do that. I, like I said, I think that the messaging in the entrepreneur world in the wedding world has been so, so keyed towards like go full time, quit your job, become an entrepreneur that I think that has made people feel it feel less than yeah. if that is not them. And, you know, interestingly enough, I, I don't work for them anymore. I was, I did leave last March, but I worked for Acuity Scheduling, um, oh. which is an online, yeah, yeah, which is an online scheduling company. You guys, I worked from home. I had the best teammates in the world. And honestly, if I didn't get, I just got too busy where I could not manage that anymore, but I had amazing insurance. Like if I, if my life was different, I would probably have kept that job until they fired me if they had to, because <laughs> it was amazing. It yeah. was amazing. And I have, no, I have never felt any shame telling people like, oh, do you have a full-time job? Hell yeah, I have a full-time job. Right. Like, I work for Acuity. They're amazing. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like the best of both worlds. You know, if you yeah. if you have a flexible job to do that, that's awesome. I love this. Yeah. Oh my God. Kinsey, this podcast, this has been so incredible with so much information. And I know everyone listening is like, I need to re- I need to re-listen to this. It's like, yes, you do. You need to go back and start from the beginning and write everything down but thank you so much for being here this was incredible and let's Janae, thank you for having me yeah. it was such an honor i just really appreciate you letting me share with your audience oh, thank you very much 100 percent. you're well come back anytime uh let's tell everybody how they can find out more about you say hello online and listen to your podcast Thank you. You can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out. I'm at She Creates Business and I am She Creates Business all over the internet. So come on over to my website, shecreatesbusinesspodcast.com. I just recently did an amazing website or an amazing podcast episode that is how to market your business on a limited budget. It's been really popular. I'll give Janae the link to that. Um, but come on over, say hi on Instagram. I'll pop you that link if you need it. And I can't wait to connect with you guys. Yeah, definitely. I'll put all the information in the show notes. You guys can just pop on over there and check it out. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Janae. Hi, friends. I'm super excited to talk to you about my favorite new email marketing platform. It's called Flowdesk. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I like things to be easy, pretty, um, super friendly, and this platform is exactly what I needed to take my email marketing to the next level. So I joined a few months ago, and if you're on my email list, I hope you are, that's what you've been receiving over the last few months. They are beautiful templates, so easy to create, and the open rates are incredible. So I wanted to let you guys know about Flowdesk because I, if you sign up using my link, you can get in on their beta deal right now. And that deal is $19 a month forever, no matter how big your list gets, which is incredible because other service providers charge you for the amount of users that you have subscribed. So you guys got to check out Flowdesk. There's a link in the show notes and I know you're going to love it. So enjoy and happy email marketing. Well, that's it, you guys. Thanks so much for being here and listening to today's show. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to our guests. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your tips and tricks and invaluable advice. We love you guys. Be sure to check out all their links and information in the show notes. You can find out more about them and their services and give them a shout out online and on Instagram. If you're listening, take a screenshot, share it with your, um, in your Instagram stories, tag at Janae Kirshner and I'll share it in mine. Can't wait to hear from you guys soon and share our next cup of tea together. Bye. Bye.